0: Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Wow. Thank you. Got some enthusiastic people down the very front here. Praise the Lord for that. Hey, what a great morning. And... um, I'm sorry, Tim, if you'd already mentioned this, I wasn't, I wasn't fully listening, uh, but um, Encounter's on tonight? Yeah, yeah, Encounter. So good. So we will, um, this is staying. So if you're thinking about baptism, you haven't been baptised and you want to come out tonight and get baptised, I'll see you there. 6pm, we're going to worship the Lord and uh, hopefully we'll be baptising some people as well. Sound good? Yeah, Cool. All right, we're going to get into the word this morning. Um, I'm just going to pray. And then uh, we're going to jump straight into it. So why don't you pray with me? Uh, Father, it's so good to be in the house this morning, Lord. It's so good um, to know that You're moving. And I know that there's people joining us online as well, Father, and that You're not bound to these walls, but You're breaking into lounge rooms and wherever people are coming together to meet with You this morning, Lord. That's who You are. And so as we come to this time, Father, we just welcome Your presence And we welcome the work of Your Spirit, which takes Your Word and plants it in our hearts and it grows into something amazing, Father. And so each one of us, we just say yes this morning, Lord. Come and have Your way. Come and speak. Help us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, Lord. We welcome Your Spirit in this house this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 All right. Have you welcomed the person next to you this morning? Do you know who you're sitting next to? Just let them know they look good. Yeah. If it is your first time in church today, it's so great to have you here. It's a good place to be. And we understand you could be in bed. We get that. We all get that but we believe that this is the best place to be on a Sunday morning, amen? All right, Uh, I wanna start this morning by showing you a picture that is connected with a really interesting memory for me. So um, have we got that there, guys? Yeah. Let me explain this a little bit to you because you might not quite know what you're looking at there. But this picture was taken at a youth festival at um, Bridgman Baptist back in 2010. And so before uh, before Hope Community started, I was a youth pastor here at Bridgie Baps. And uh, part of what I did was each year I'd help run a youth festival, a youth event. It's a massive youth event called SHIFT. And so every year we'd get a whole stack of bands together and all sorts of things, rides, and we'd just have one incredible night of fun for high schoolers. And in the lead up, we'd go into schools and we'd tell everyone about it. People would share their testimonies. It was an amazing opportunity just to introduce people either to church or Jesus. Our hope, of course, was Jesus. And on this particular night... Uh, This was the main act through the event. There were like different stages and different bands playing. But by the time it came to the main event, we'd shut everything down. We'd get everyone to the main event. And we had this guy, his name was Stan Walker. Does anyone remember Stan Walker? Yeah, so Stan won Australian Idol um, that year and uh, somehow we were able to grab him. We thought, oh, this is going to be great. Everyone knows who he is. And he's gone on to do some acting stuff and um, a lot of music stuff as well. But we we got Stan Walker and this, this photo was taken in a moment as Stan was performing on stage. And I remember this moment so clearly because there'd been a lot of work leading up to it. And I knew that Straight after this, someone was going to come up on stage and share their testimony and tell people about Jesus and how Jesus had changed his life and then give people, young people, the opportunity to do that. And this is what we've been praying for for a long time, that there'd be a whole stack of young people that would say yes to Jesus that day. And so I remember this moment and I was standing there watching and praying, knowing that it was coming—and. And as it came, this young guy got up there and he shared this story. And then he said, if, if anyone would like to know Jesus for themselves here and see what he can do in your life, you know, we just want you to raise your hand and we're going to grab your contact info and we're going to help you start a journey of learning who Jesus is. And this is a moment we've been waiting for. And as he gave this invitation, hundreds of hands just started shooting him up, up in the air. And, and I hate to say it, but we were, we were not prepared for that many young people to respond that night. And so we had teams of people with paper and pens to run around and collect the contact details of people who raised their hands. And we ran out of pens and we ran out of paper and I lost count, it was my job to kind of see, you know, how many people were responding that night. I lost count at 230 young people. And it was just this incredible scene as you could, you could literally feel God just moving through that place. But the memory I remember most connected with this, and this is gonna probably sound really bizarre to you, is that I got home at the end of that night. It was really late. We packed up, we debriefed as a team. We'd celebrated what God had done. And I remember I got home and I was sitting on my bed And I was just praying and I was saying to the Lord, Lord, you know, that was amazing what you did there. And then in the next breath, I said, I said, Lord, you'd better be real, right? (laughs) Because like, there's a lot of work that went into this. And all these young people have just said that you're the hope and you're the answer for their lives. And, And I was like, Lord, and I had this weird conflicting moment where it wasn't a question of faith but I was just like God I really hope that this is incredible and all we've said that it would be and it was like in this moment of having just seen God move so powerfully there was this moment of doubt for me as well and it really challenged me and I thought, like, isn't this incredible? You have to understand where I'm coming from with this, right? I was, I was sold out when I chose to surrender my life to the Lord. It was all or nothing. I'd done years being both, right, on both sides of the fence, and when I finally said I'm going to surrender everything, it was everything. This, like, this is how. Just to give you an example. I was staying at a friend's house one night and I was sleeping on the floor and in the middle of the night, the room filled with light, like really bright. And I woke up to this bright light just filling the room. And do you know what my first response was? I was like, yes, Jesus is here. It's happening, right? And I thought I was about to get taken to heaven. And I was like, thank you, Lord, Okay. So I just need you to understand, like I believe wholeheartedly in our heavenly Father. And so that even makes it weirder when these moments of doubt creep in to this incredible faith. And I don't know if you can kind of understand or identify with me in any way, but I think many of us, probably all of us, can have doubts at time. It's like maybe they're not doubts in the same way, but maybe they're doubts about um, who God is and what He can do. Like, is God really able to do this? Can God break into this situation? Can God bring good out of this terrible situation? Or maybe it's doubts and kind of insecurities in yourself. Can God really use me? Like, or or, or am I really who God says? I am Like, is that true? You can, you can have these doubts. And so you have this faith, this foundation that says, Lord, I know that you're real. I know that you're the creator. I know that you've saved me. But then in this other space of walking out our faith, we can have these doubts. And I, I think that doubts are an interesting thing because they don't always have to be negative, right? Like doubts are only negative when they hold us back. From the fullness of what God has for us. But sometimes we can exist in a space where doubts will drive us into everything that God has for us. And faith and doubt can go can coexist in that space. I want to show you a passage today. This might be a passage that many of you are familiar with. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 28 with me. And we're going to read through this. And over the month of November. As Tim said, we're going to have um, all these guest speakers from the mission world, and we're going to focus on what God is doing across the world, and really look at how God's calling us into that as His followers as well. and And this passage is going to be a passage of Scripture that I'm sure will come up time and time again. And so we're going to start there today with a bit of an introduction. But I'll I'll just give you a little backstory to what we're about to read. Uh, Jesus has just been crucified. He died on a cross. It was a brutal form of punishment. And he was pinned to that cross. They took him down, they put him in a tomb. And after three days, he comes back to life. He was dead and now he's alive. And so this was an amazing thing. The stone that covered that tomb was rolled away. One person was excited that Jesus is alive. (laughs) Hang on, I just caught up with that. Hannah. It's good news that He's alive, right? And so um, after He's alive, Jesus starts to appear to come and meet with people and show that He's actually alive. And the Scriptures record this process of Him doing that before He returns to heaven. And so here we are reading about a situation just after that where Jesus has appeared um, to two of His friends, both named Mary. And He tells them to go and get the disciples and to meet Him at the mountain. And so that's what we're going to read. This is Matthew 28. We're going to start at verse 16. This passage is known as the Great Commission. And you'll see that heading in many many Bibles. So verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, just as we've seen happen today. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amazing, amazing passage and an amazing scene here. And I was preaching a very similar message to this recently at a youth conference, the conference that Huddy actually referred to about three weeks ago. And I was asked, I was a guest speaker, and, and um, often as a guest speaker, you'll say, Look, is there anything that you want me to speak about? And the guy that was running it, um, a good friend of mine, he said, Well, actually, I've got these two verses, two specific verses that I want you to preach on. And he told me what the verses were and initially I was looking at these verses and I was like, Lord, is there anything to preach in these two verses, right? And then something jumped out at me and I wanna show you this. Come back to verse 16 with me. This is the beginning of this passage of the Great Commission. It says, Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee Going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Don't know if there's much to preach in that, right? Verse 17. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. And this is what God really drew my attention to. Is that some of them doubted. Some of them worshipped, but some of them doubted. And as I was meditating on this word, these two verses saying, please, Lord, Help me to be able to preach this. It was like God just highlighted this doubt situation to me. And I was thinking about it and I thought, isn't this interesting? This scene's happened. Jesus has been crucified. Now there's, there's rumour going around that He's alive. There's been commands for them to meet Him somewhere. And so they're doing that and they rock up and there is Jesus and that would be a really good thing, right? And yet, so some of them worship, but some of them doubt. And I put myself in this situation. I said, well, Lord, if I was in this situation, I'd be the worshipper, right? Like that'd be amazing. I don't know what that looks like in their context. Like, you know, they're not, they're not trying to round up a drummer and some keys and have a worship session, I think they'd be falling to the ground in awe and just declaring Him as Lord. It was probably really emotional. It was probably a whole lot of revelation going on in some ways that, oh, we've done this journey with Him and it's like, whoa, He is who He said He is. And He's done what He said. He would, like, that would be amazing. And I'm like, Lord, that would be me for sure. And as I was thinking that, this quiet voice, which is sometimes you just think, oh, uh, it comes in and it was a voice of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said, Dan, I love that, but you know what, sometimes you doubt. And I was like, no, Lord, what? I'm sold out, I'm that guy, I'm a worshipper. And he was like, no, you, you doubt sometimes. I was like, what? He said, you know, sometimes, sometimes you doubt that I can really do what I say I can do. I was like, okay. And then he said, and I know this, I know that you often doubt that you can do what I say I can do through you. And you know, I was like, yeah, yeah all right, you got me. But suddenly he'd moved me out of the position where I was just the sold out worshipper. Now I'm, I think the text says like some worshipped and some doubted. I read that as some worshipped, they were just sold out, right? But some worshipped and doubted. So I'm like, Lord, all right, at least I worshipped some, hey? <laughs> like now I'm in that space. I love this passage because I think about it too and I'm like, hang on, Matthew recorded this, right? It's this throwaway line, throw line in this passage that is the commission for all time. And yet Matthew makes a point of recording this is the very fact that some doubted. And I'm like, well, how did he know that some doubted? Like, well, some people worshipping, like they're on the ground and they're worshipping and they're like, and they're whispering to each other, like, do you reckon it's really him? Like, is that just someone that looks like him or is that him? And Matthew's overhearing these conversations like, oh, they're doubting, right? (laughs) Meanwhile, he's just like, yes, Lord, I'm a worshipper. Or was it afterwards, like something happens and they're walking home or whatever and Matthew's like coming up to someone, he's like, hey, what do you think about just what happened back there? And, and one dude is like, you know, well, I was worshipping, but I'm not too sure about this, man. Like, I've got some doubts. And he's like, meanwhile, he's like writing this down. <laughs> How does this happen? But I love that it played out this way for me it brings some comfort that even the best of us can have doubts at times and I'm not I'm not talking about doubting the existence of God I'm not talking about doubting our salvation either but it's other things in walking this out that the doubts can really come in and I it is an amazing scene if you think about it. Like these are the 11 disciples. They've followed Jesus around for three years. I would imagine that at this scene right here, there were probably more disciples than that as well. Like there was a crowd that followed Jesus around and they would have heard that He was there as well. But here's the 11 and they're the ones that had travelled with Jesus. Like they had seen Jesus do amazing things. Like they'd seen the whole water into wine thing. Like they'd watched that happen, Right. They drank the wine and like that's legit in itself. And then they'd watched as, as Jesus like told a man who was paralysed to get up, to pick up his mat and go home. They'd watched, like that's, that's impressive, if anything. Like, wow, that really works. They'd watched him take the loaves and the fish and, and somehow somewhere in there as he's breaking these up, and put them in baskets to send out, it turns into enough food to feed thousands and thousands of people with more leftovers than there was in the very beginning. Like this is amazing, right? And so these are the disciples that have seen Him do all these things. They even heard Him talk about what was going to happen. Now, had they fully comprehended, I guess, many of them hadn't some of them hadn't but they'd seen all this and they doubted doesn't that bring you some comfort it brings me comfort john the baptist he doubted as well we read in scriptures that you know he 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 was the one who was to prepare the way for jesus to come And so he did that faithfully. He knew that that was the calling on his life. He spent time with Jesus. He even baptised Jesus. When he saw Jesus, he knew that they were waiting for the Messiah. He said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Like he knew that was Jesus, the Messiah. And yet then we read in Matthew 11, it says this, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? And Jesus is so nice. His response is like, look at the fruit and then ask me again, right? Yes, I am the Messiah. Even the best of us can doubt at times. But here's what I wanted you to see today. You've got these kind of two groups of people. Some are worshipping, some are worshipping and doubting. And Jesus, in the very next moment in this scene, He calls them all together and He gives them this commission to go and change the world in His name. Now, Matthew obviously records some detail, right? He's got it in here. And what Matthew doesn't record is that Jesus didn't get up there knowing that some had doubted. He's like, OK, now those of you who doubted, you stand over there and I'm just going to have a chat with the rest of you right now, all right? Because I've got something I want you to do. That's not what happened. So He took the collective and He addressed them. And in essence, we can assume that He was saying, whether you're the worshipper or the worshipper with some doubt, I've got a life for you to live and you're going to change the world. Isn't that cool? I think that's amazing. And so here's the thing. This is the calling. I want us to read this all together. All right. From verse 19. Come up on the screen for you as well this morning. Let's read it together. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you that is the great commission that is a commission that Jesus gives to every follower of his so here's the thing is the mission always stays the same the mission doesn't change but the method will look different And there is a room of people hugely diverse and unique in your giftings, how God's put you together, the experiences that He's given you, the passions, the things that He's put on your heart. And the method is going to look different for probably every single one of us. And that is a wonderful thing. The mission will never change. But how you complete the mission compared to how I complete the mission is going to look different. And that's an awesome thing. I think that's part of Jesus' plan, right? Here's what I want to add in this spot here is that you might be here today and your doubts are actually holding you back from surrendering your life to Jesus. And I want to encourage you is that if you're not doing it simply because you have some doubt, then that's going to hold you back possibly forever. But the very concept of faith is to be able to step out even though you don't have everything worked out. And I can tell you that everyone in the room here or joining us online who has stepped out in faith, they didn't have it all worked out. They took that step saying, I don't have it worked out, but Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. And there's that invitation for you to take that step today, even with your doubts, just like we're reading in this passage here. You know, when you look at the disciples, they doubted because what they saw was outside their experience or their understanding. So they're faced with this scene where Jesus is alive, he was dead, now he's alive, and they're challenged by, hang on, this is a little out of the box for me. And I. I think about this and I think to myself, I don't wanna be someone who limits God to my experience or my understanding. I wanna be someone who understands that God is far bigger than that and that my faith actually makes space for God to be who He says He actually is. That's what faith looks like. Our doubts have the potential to lead us closer to God and His plans, or they can lead us away from Him and His plans. But we can still have faith and doubt. They can coexist together. There was one disciple, and uh, when he heard about Jesus being resurrected, he still doubted. And many of us know about the disciple Thomas. And this is what he said to his mates. He said, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, And put my hand into His side, I will not believe. And some of us are wired up in that way, that unless I can see it for myself, I can't believe it, right? And this is what happened. This is how this unfolded. In John 20, verse 26, it says, A week later, His disciples were in the house again. Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And so I love this because Jesus actually met Thomas in his place of doubt. It would have been so easy for Jesus to be like, Man, you got to work that out, right? You need some faith. But Jesus, like, comes and this is a pretty intense scene. Like, he walks through the wall. And then he has a physical body that Thomas can actually touch. This is pretty cool. But this is what Jesus says in verse 29 He says, Because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. And so I want you to see this is that God, He calls us as we are. He says, Come as you are. You got doubts? come as you are, and you, you can find purpose in me and I have a mission for you, but He calls us into a place of faith. The whole kingdom is accessed through faith. And so He wants us to work these things out. Now we know this, we know that um, these disciples, even the ones that are doubted, still followed Jesus. Like they still went on to follow Him because we read in Acts chapter 1, Another scene where he's gathered them together, and this time he tells them how they're going to fulfill the mission. This is what he says. He says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that is the call to you and I, and the promise of God's empowering for the mission. Now I'm going to wrap up and as I was digging about to find that photo for shift, I actually found a wrap up video from that event. So I want to show you this just so you can kind of get an idea of of what really took place on that day. Isn't that cool? Man, when I see that, I just see God using people to take this message and this hope to the whole world. And on a night like that, when so many young people were impacted, it multiplies and it multiplies and it goes on to multiply some more. This is the invitation that God has for each one of us and as we come into this go missions month it would be easy for us to sometimes feel like that's for those people or you know the people who have a heart for for, for the nations but not here or whatever and i want to i want you to hear this this morning is that do not disqualify yourself because god hasn't disqualified you doubts insecurities he calls us together and Jesus commissions every one of his followers to come and be his world changers. and maybe you're you're that person and you think to yourself well I don't know enough about the Bible how could God use me like I'll just I'll just do my thing but that's not really going to be for me and You know, I don't have everything worked out, which means I'm not ready for God to use me or I'm a terrible example of a Christian. Like how could God ever use me on this mission that He has? But I need you to hear this, is that God is calling every single one of us and it's gonna look different and He loves that. But we need to be people who step into that calling Maybe as broken as we are with all the doubts and insecurities that we have. And we say, yes, Lord, use me. Thank you for your power that helps me live this life that you're calling me to. And then in faith, as we gather together, we believe that God can really change the world. And maybe the world looks like your school community, your kindergarten community, Burpengary, Caboolture, Queensland, Australia. Maybe it looks like a group of people that some of us have never heard of in another country a really long way away. But we believe in faith that God is who He says He is and He can do what He says He can do. And He's gonna use us, not just people like you and me, but He's gonna use you and me. Amen. Why don't you jump on your feet and as we just wrap up this morning, our worship is just a response. I really felt that this was a bit of an introduction into this month, that as we worship and as we respond in the morning, that it's just a yes. We're just bringing our yes to the Lord To say, yes, Lord, you can use me. I'm available, I'm willing, and I'd love it if you did use me. So would you just pray with me? Maybe stretch out a hand just in response to say your yes. Father, we just thank you. Your word, Lord. We thank you for who you are, that we get to see evidence in the scriptures, Father, that we don't need to be people that have it all together or have it all worked out, but that you've already changed the world with a bunch of people that didn't have it all together and don't didn't have it all worked out. And you continue to do that every single day, Father. And you call us, you commission us to step into this place. So Lord, this morning, I just pray that you're hearing hearts that just are freshly surrendered to you and saying, Lord, whatever it looks like, I'm just saying, yes, you find someone who's available, willing and ready for whatever you're calling us to. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.